Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Wrestling is Trash, a podcast where a bunch of men and women get together and we talk professional wrestling, sports entertainment, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything all around. The three of us get together every week. We have different friends come on. We get into our name out there. We have all these different people out there and we get here and we talk wrestling. The thing we all love and we're passionate about. We're all from different parts of the world and we get together. Joining me today are the two returning co-hosts as well. Lou, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. I just came off of a very nice wrestling weekend. Very surprised by these two shows, although we're not going to really speak on the NXT show. The pay-per-view last night, the Hell in a Cell, was surprisingly good. So Mm -hmm. I'm doing well. Good. And how about how this about you, Dan? Because you, Lou, you, you went in with no expectations last week. I think we all did. I'm like, yeah, I'm right here. And it's me, your boy, the I'm man. I'm pointing at Cody. Dude. I ain't pointing at you. Oh, okay, okay. I'm pointing at the new tribal chief. I'm trying, yeah, I'm just trying to get the, get the picture down. I see it now. It's like when we all point to try to find who's where. And but well, anyway, it's... I, I never, I'll never get that right. I guess it's you your boy, the mayor. That DJ named Ace Five. Your mom's favorite fat guy all the way from deepest, darkest Africa. Just like Lou, I was pleasantly surprised and pleased with last night's pay-per-view. And before we go through the card, because Nick is going to guide us through uh, last night's card, overall grades from everybody. I don't know if my message went through to the chat group because when I woke up this morning, it showed the last two or three messages I tried to send didn't go through, allegedly. I gave the show a B. Overall, very good, very, very good wrestling show with the exception of me using um, Madcap and Corbin's match as a bathroom break. And it really wasn't even a bathroom break. It was more, you know what? Let me clean up some of the little shit that my kids left around the house. So I was cleaning. I was sweeping. I was picking up shit. I would peek at my phone. Okay, this still don't look interesting. Okay, I saw the finish. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I give it a B. Nick? Um. So I graded it with a B pay-per-view because it's a B pay-per-view show. So I'm going to give it a B plus because I agree. As I tried so hard to invest, and we're going to get into it, to the Moss character last night, only because I thought he had a good spot on Friday, to be fair. But yeah, overall, B+. Plus. What about you, Lou? Honestly, I'm going to go ahead and give this show, uh, I mean, honest, honestly, I'm going to give it an A-. minus. I'm going to give it the lowest grade A that you could possibly give it. Mm-hmm. Because to be completely fair... I really think that that match we saw last night was a, I know we're going to get into it more later, but I feel like it was a perfect storm of so many different things happening that the match just, it was so, it was so, not unscripted is the wrong word, but it was so like so many different factors came together at the right time for a match that just made it, for me, it, it's an all-time match. And honestly, man, man, listen. I got plenty to say about that match in so many, in a bunch of different angles. So when we get there, save me for last. I I promise to not run on too crazy, but I got a lot of key points that I want to hit. So save me for last. But opening up, the match that I actually had to go back to and watch when I got home today. 
was the three-way women's match. Yep, and that's what so, I was going to start with. Yes, yeah, I, I, I that's I remember mm-hmm. Nick, so I, that's why I kind yep. of let us walk this right into it. Then you'll take it after this. Oh, you good? Well, actually, I kind of remember what's next too, but you got it. My goodness, what a f- very, very good match. I seen. I don't know which one of y'all said. Damn, they chose to open with this, and then I watched it, and I was like. That's why they chose to open with that. Because what do we always talk about on here that we've learned from the professionals when we listen to some of the professionals talk? You first need and last. First you and last a, in the best spots. And you need it. You know, well, that, that's one. But you need a heater to open up the show, to get the crowd going. And them women did that. Because, and you have three of the best in that company. I mean... There's no sleep in our Oscar. She's absolutely one of the greatest they've ever had. Becky is probably top five all time in in WWE land of women. Bianca Belair is steadily making her case to eventually rise to those ranks. She's not there yet, but she's getting there. And they keep putting her in the best positions possible. The best positions possible to continue to shine, and that woman match after match with when she gets the ball, she runs with it. Great match. The finish was the finish went how it should have went. No, she she had to steal the win, and that was a okay because everybody else tried to steal the win. Go ahead, Lou. Listen, that match was. Tremendous. Let's just start using tremendous right from the beginning of the show. Stupendous. I, <laughs> I what I would love to know is I would love to know who um plotted this match out with them. Well, I would just like to, I would just like I would just like yeah. to know because the match because I also rewatched it and that match it was it surprised me in a way that i didn't even think that wwe could because they played to the strengths of all three women in the match becky kept trying to throw everybody out of the ring to try to sneak a pin bianca was showing her strength and oscar was showing all her submission and her kicks and her strike they made them all look strong nobody looked weak everybody was you didn't know how the match was going to go um Becky was phenomenal as the heel of the match. Like she just, what I really loved about the match was that they did a three-way match, but they did it different than they usually do. Cause usually a three-way match is a lot of rest holes. They throw someone out, they got someone in a sleeper and they're sitting there and they're sitting there and they're sitting there. They didn't do that this match. They had, it was fast paced. There was a lot of moves popping off and they played to the strengths of each of the characters. So I just, from a, from a, from like a plotting standpoint, I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. I just but couldn't have loved that match more. I almost looked at it as like a mini car crash. Like mm-hmm. it, it was, it was that kind. It was almost that style of match, Nick. But it was, it like Lou said, it was properly played, paced. All the spots were laid out perfect. It was great. Yeah, I honestly, I loved it. I loved that. I thought it delivered. Like, I'm not going to really hit much on it because you both said everything great. It was tremendous. Everyone looked good. It was a heater to start the show. You know, hard to follow. But in my opinion, the match, which I didn't think could potentially follow, kind of followed. And following that, 
We had Bobby Lashley in a two-on-one handicap match versus MVP and almost. First off, MVP making diss raps now with Bobby. Which was hilarious. Yes, I love that. And I think MVP <laughs> wasn't meant to be taken too too serious there. Like, you know what I mean? But I liked it. I really enjoyed this match. You know, Bobby, I we I think we can all agree there's not many people who are currently active that we can all agree that we're a thousand percent behind, but I think Bobby's one of them. I think we can all agree we're all behind Bobby. I love that match. I know we talked about it off air, but it needs to be sent again on air. Him grabbing the fan title after, like, you know, and I hate saying it because I would love if he was, I would love for him to be the one to beat Roman. I just don't see it being him, but I just, he deserves to at least have that spotlight against him. And I'm hoping it's at SummerSlam in a stadium show like that. Cause Bob, regardless, he deserves that main event match against him. But yeah, I just, I enjoyed it a lot last night. Omos is getting a lot better. Like, yeah getting a lot better. Yeah, and, and it showed last night because, to again, a two-on-one and Omos had to be a part of the tag team side. He only had to do but so much, which give him a full match is where you got to try to find a way to hide his flaws. But he really didn't show any last night. He was the aggressive, monstrous big man that did all the power shit that you needed to do. Like, obviously, Bobby matches are always good for that corner, take out the barricade thing. It seems almost all of Bobby's matches had that in recent times. But the way mm-hmm. Omos hit that shit and the explosion it let off was like, that's how that monster's supposed to get those type of reactions, get those types of sounds and moments going on. And he looked good. MVP tried to play the weasel-type role, which, shout-outs to his bar in the song, when he said your name is Bobby, but I'm more like Heenan, which that was I love that. <laughs> that got me that, that got me to pop. Yo, that was a bar right there. And then the one behind that before that was the I know you jealous because I got all my hair. Like <laughs> I be jealous. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I, I wanted to throw it to Lou now, but we gotta get him back. But yeah, man, I mean, everybody loves to shit on Omos. I, I was telling people. Uh, when I was when I was still on Facebook, I was just like, "Yo, he ain't it right now. He's not there. He's not there." And a lot of my people were trying to trying to give it up to him, just off the strength of him being a black man, which I respect that. But I was like, "He's not there yet. He's not there yet." And so far, working with Bobby has changed the game for him, Lou. Working with Bobby has changed everything for Omos. So I was really happy for him last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if um, I don't know who Omos is working with behind the scenes because I know they paired him up with AJ. I don't know if he's still kind of doing rotations with AJ or what's going on, but Omos definitely surprised me. I'm not gonna sit here and say he's you know he's the next AJ Styles or anything like that. But this match, I was like, oh, this is this match is next. Okay, I got up. I went to the kitchen. I came back. Like, it was literally my bathroom break match, which was very surprising. Um, but I came back in time and was able to watch it from the beginning because, you know, they have to play a thousand fucking packages before everything. So, yeah, I was just really genuinely surprised, like pleasantly surprised at the match. I, I was entertained. Um, I think, and I think we have MVP to thank for that because he spent most of the time in the ring with, with Bobby. So, and Bobby's phenomenal. So, you know, there's can't dispute that. I was pleasantly surprised again. The the spot where where they were on the outside and Omas ran and 
rammed Bobby into the guardrail. I know that's kind of a played out angle. They do that all the time with Bobby and the big guys, but I say I enjoyed the match. I didn't hate it. I can't really say anything too bad about it either. There weren't any too many blown spots. Omas almost didn't kill Bobby this time. Yes, right. Time. <laughs> he fucking slammed his head into the goddamn post. So, you it's know, thank tall. God for that. So yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I was I was happy. I was happy with it. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm excited to see what they do with him next and who it's going to be next. <clears throat> you know, his first opponent and running mate for a while was AJ. Then his net, who's been a very big veteran in the business. Then they put him with Bobby, another veteran in the business. So it's like, I'm curious to see where he does go next. Um, yeah, well, we do see, though, like, I mean, they, they obviously dropped hints that they're going to be including uh, Cedric Alexander in something. So unfortunately, though, that should have been the end of those two going at it. I think we got a, a little bit more to go. Because they added Cedric in the mix last night. Well, speaking of two of them, some people thought Kevin Owens fought Ezekiel last night, and some people thought he fought Elias. <clears throat> so, following that was Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens, and which I thought, once again, a decent match. I was happy to see KO get that win. I think he deserved it after everything he's been doing, because I'm personally a fan of the Ezekiel thing, because it's so insane that i just find it comical and he's very committed to the character that i like it and it seems like a lot of people like it in general and then kevin owens obviously took it to another level you know i mean he definitely helped get this character to where it is um yeah not much say it was just your typical average match kevin owens i love how vocal he is in the ring in every match he's always so loud and aggressive and i like that though i like hearing him talk but yeah it was good and I'm honestly very, just very happy to see KO get that win. I'm not going to. What did you think, I'm, Lou? I'm not going to mention any spoilers. I'm just, I'm just going to. I'm not going to mention any spoilers. I'm just going to say Seth Rollins is such a piece of shit. He is such a piece of shit, man. Seth Rollins is such a piece of shit, man. Um, wow. Uh, you know this match as I, I you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, I love the match. Hey, bro. Bird, that Seth Rollins is such a piece of shit, bro. Well, I love it. Hey, hey, man, I Lou, it. Lou, 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 yeah. Lou. Don't play the don't play the spoiler thing. I just say it because um, because the podcast finish. is gonna come yeah. out after Raw. <laughs> yeah, let, let me yeah. just let me just let me All just I'm finish. Saying, I love let me, it. Yeah, let me just finish my Ezekiel thing. Um, you know, it, for me, the match was like a, a regular Raw match. It was a decent. It was a good match between the two. You know cool uh wrestling or whatever but like for me fucking kevin owens the whole point was for him to get ezekiel to admit he's elias right so he beats elias and then he just leaves like they don't do anything with that like i don't understand why they couldn't have like kevin owens about to win and then like on the titantron you have Ezekiel with like the Elias beard pretending to be Elias to kind of like distract, you know what I'm saying? Like something a little, it's supposed to be like a comedy type of match. So you would think they would have something in there, but they just had a straight up wrestling match. One, two, three, clean pin. And I just was a little confused by the ending. The match itself was fine, but I just didn't understand like what they were trying to do there. And that was my point there, Lou, that I wanted to attack. They left the finish flat. Other with with Kevin Owens just saying that's Elias, 
This is my show. Okay, but what about the program? Great match. I actually enjoyed the hell out of this match. Uh, Ezekielus, Elizel, whatever you want, whatever you want to call him. He he wrestled a damn good match. A great mix of almost Ultimate Warrior style wrestling with the big body splashes because of the tassels on the arms and all that shit. Like the dude worked his ass off last night, but the finish gave us no payoff to their story, and that was the problem, uh, Carl. I mean, yeah, it was your. It just seemed like your basic, you know, basic formula of a match. Uh, yo, big ups, Luke. <laughs> like that, got my koozie, son. <laughs> yo, big ups, big ups, Lou, man. I appreciate that. Oh man, that just threw me off. But yeah, it just it was like a basic formula of a match, you know. Um, shine, shine, heat, come back finished even though the baby face lost and then you're right nothing special i mean i'm still i don't want to be that type of fan that's just going to jump to the conclusions maybe they're going to have something on raw tonight you know i don't think it's just going to be like the end of it because it's comedy yeah it's a fun little storyline that they're you know milking right now but i think i think they're going to do something with it tonight maybe he's going to try to finally get him to admit it tonight but then yeah it's still gonna like go off as go on as a joke who knows what's going to happen tonight? I think I know what happened to Cody. I was going to say, before you advance, Nick, we <laughs> see it on the screen behind you. Yep. And Cody yep. is, is, is you know, reeling in pain he's, right he's now. He's in agony. He's in agony. They, the point that now, I want you to say what happened, but I'm just going to say this in advance. They didn't need to do whatever they just did. No, that they rival, did. They, they, they absolutely did? did. Okay, explain they it. Explain did. it, please. Explain it. Break it down. Bird, break it down because I I saw it, but I didn't have any audio on. Okay, so what happened was, you know, Cody, Cody made his, you know, heartfelt promo saying, you know, thank you. I did this all for you. I did this all for my daughter. Yada, yada, yada. Seth comes out and just say, listen, I still don't like you, but I respect you. You know, I had him tearing up saying, listen, Dusty is proud of his baby boy. I'm like, good shit. So they walk out. You missed the, they hugged. They hugged. Yeah, they shook hands, hugged. Seth made his way to the back. Cody's making his way to the back, shaking hands and kissing babies. And then next thing you know, you're about to see it in the uh, instant replay. Seth comes out and hits him with a sledgehammer. So they go the, you know, they're doing a whole industry uh, injury angle. What a piece of shit, bro. And that's what got to get on him. But see, but that's why I say they didn't need to do that because the industry ang- the injury angle was already taking place last night. Yeah. Right. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And it's it's cool that they had Cody come out and talk about oh, it and shit. all that and did and did what they did. But they could have we know Cody is off for in we know Cody's off for surgery. We knew that already. Thursday. Yes. Hey, that was, uh, and they actually that said was, on the, they that was, what's the name? That was uh, Curtis Axel, right? Oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's back with the company now. as a producer. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. my God, get the All fuck right. out of here. So the only wow. the only way I'll like if they do this, because it's six-month injury, is if they save Cody to come back at the Rumble and he eliminates Seth. Then it's kind of like, okay, what? 
But you know what though? This is cool because it gives it makes it gives it brings Seth back because Seth looked like a bitch. He lost three matches in a row. Then he's gonna there come go. out here. And, okay. He's yeah. gonna come yeah. out here and hug Cody and be like, "I love you, man," and walk away. Like, I was like, "Damn, are they turning him face? Like, what's going on?" And now I see this and I go, "Oh, Seth is right back to where like he's right back." That's why and it brings see, more heat to him. Like, yeah, he need he's good this, again. He this is this is why we are who we are as a team. We make sense of shit. Thank you, Lou. <laughs> thank you, Lou. And Colin, thank you both. Following he, Ezekiel Elias. He, he. Okay. All right. Following let's that, get, let's had, get back on. Let's get back on track because yeah. we I, I got this whole thing all fucked up. Yeah. So <laughs> now following that, we had the six man intergender tag of Judgment Day. Versus AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan. I'll pass it to you first, Carl. What do you think? Uh, I was in and out of it while I was at work, but um, you know what? It was solid. It was solid, and it gave uh, Judgment Day more. It gave Judgment Day more heat, more momentum. They could go further with this. Maybe not. We shall see, but. Like I said, it's re- it's really truly establishing Judgment Day as a heel faction. Yeah, yeah they I, they played the hits, and I don't want to steal Lou's point that he made in in our group chat today. But they played the hits. It wasn't a memorable match in my book, but I the end and their group pose told me a story that Lou had made a great point on today. Yeah, for me, um, I'm not sure if I'm touching on the same thing you're speaking about, but for me, it's just, I enjoy, I again, I'm enjoying the, the, the angle. The match itself was good. It was a good match. But to me, it seems like Rhea Ripley is the star of this like group. She's the one who's really asserting herself and kind of like, not so much changing her character because it's almost like basically the same character. She's just more of a badass now. She's just like not taking any shit. And she's asserting herself. She was the star. She stepped up in front of Finn Balor. She stepped up in front of AJ. Like, nah, nah, nah. And the way she like that grin that she had on her face. Whereas you have Punishment Martinez, who's just kind of like, he's there and he's doing his stuff. But I don't feel like he's taking advantage of this like opportunity that he has. And I think this is also part of the reason why his push declined when he was um, by himself, because he came off of that thing with um, bad bunny and everybody was giving him high praise for that. They were like, man, that was a great angle. You know, you, you, you're kicking ass, you're doing this and that they put a belt on him, And then he just kind of ended up floundering on the roster. And then they took the belt off of him, and he was actually off TV for a while. So I think, his issue is that he's not like he's not really coming up with enough um i don't know if it's ideas or if he's just not pushing himself or asserting himself enough to where he can break out on his own because so what i want to creative just don't really know what to do with that character and hold on nick because i'm glad that's why i wanted lou to tag team with me on this because he made the exact point of what i was was feeling damien Punishment Martinez Priest. He just looks like he's the ancillary character in the crew. Like he's just behind Edge, whatever you say, boss. While Rhea already, right out the gate, this is only her first match with them as a crew, second maybe. 
And she's already putting herself out there, making like, like, damn, I have to watch her. Besides the outfit, which again, I said, I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm just being a man. Them cakes last night. My oh, God. Yeah, but <laughs> I got to do that on this podcast. Yes, we do. Put a picture on the chat. Yes, the hell we do. Because yeah. right, so, women, when we have women on here, they can do the same thing, and it's a okay. But go ahead, Nick. I, I'm yeah. glad so, Lou finished yeah. the points that I was trying. So to I'm not going to speak on the match. We're not on it forever because I thought it was, I thought it was fine, just like everyone else. I thought it was good. So the thing with my my take, I agree, and I'm happy Rhea's the one kind of shining more that quickly because I'm a big fan of her. Um, I the only way I could see this going to be. To be honest, because I don't see Damien end up being like the talker or anything like that. That he's going to be more of the muscle, the big guy. Yeah. The only way I'll be happy, and I think it can maybe pay off for him, is if it kind of has an evolution vibe where him and Edge end up beefing and he goes over on Edge. If it goes into that, I'll be fine and maybe they'll give him next. I think that's why the only reason I really don't want to give up on it just yet is because Edge has pull in that company. And Edge is clearly trying to do what is best by them. It's the only reason I'm definitely sticking behind it, and I want them to do so well. But yeah, that's the only way I really see that getting going is if Damian does that. Because I don't see him stepping up talking as much as he should because he kind of has like that – his voice is like dark, deep voice kind of like – he has the voice to be good in this gimmick and talk. I just hope he gets more, but I'm just going to stick with the mindset. I don't see him doing that because Edge and is I, great at promos. And I feel you on that, Nick, because I do want to see more from him. Because the way, as Lou mentioned before, the way he dropped the ball after <laughs> the Bad Bunny push. Like, how do you fumble that bag afterwards? How do you now WWE creative, like Carl was trying to say, creatively, they just may not see what's the right thing to do with him. But there is still a little bit of you got to assert yourself in that company. Mm-hmm. You still got to kind of assert yourself. And right now, he's playing the Jake Hager role in Judgment Day. That's the and best that's way Jake five-star match Hager. Uh, <laughs> anyway, what's next? And don't get me wrong, man. Don't get me wrong. I, I love me some Punishment Martinez. I got to stop calling him that. I should be calling him Damian Priest because I don't confuse people, but that's my guy, bro. He had some fucking phenomenal matches in Ring of Honor. I I love that dude. But I just this is this is the like it or not, whatever people think of WWE, this is the big stage now. And you have yeah. to, you know, you gotta you can't just be the guy having great matches out there. That shit yeah. doesn't work. Act fucking ricochet, bro. Yep, because Ricochet is the best example of that. Cause and I'm gonna hit on this for 10 seconds. I'm gonna transition over. After witnessing Priest live a few times since post-Bad Bunny, the crowd's behind him at all times I've seen him. And to be fair, backstage is behind him. Because if they keep giving him these opportunities, they gave him a lengthy run with the strap. You know, they're behind him, which is which makes me happy. But following that, we had Happy Corbin versus Madcap, which Moss, which I think he's going to drop the Madcap, that was what I heard, which makes sense, thank God. And a no-holds-barred match. So before I, I let you guys speak on it, did any of you guys see his segment Friday on SmackDown or even the good high, like a good, good highlight from it? So he no. did good. Like Moss did good. And I'm usually a guy who didn't like him as Riddick Moss in NXT. I didn't find him funny in the 24-7 shit. I did not like this because I hate the suspenders as big as the dude is. 
He looked dope on Friday. Like, I'll defend the dude, like, with the black trunks as basic as they are. The dude looked good Friday, and that's the, him himself. Because just like you, Dan, this easily would have been my, I'm going to get stuff ready for work tomorrow. A thousand percent would have been that for me. But that segment he did Friday, I don't know. I might be overhyping it. He just, to me, it sold me. And I was like, you know what? Hey, this dude got, gave me a shot. They did the ambulance gimmick as always. But his promo was kind of fiery. I liked it. I was like, all right, cool. Like, you know, and it's a no holds barred match. I knew it was going to be weapons. So I'm a mark for that shit. I know that's like a bad word to say, according to Metzler or whatever his name is, Melzer. But I, I'm a mark for weapons. I, I usually am too, but this this feud has too never peaked. It's never piqued my interest. Yes, it's went on for too long. And that's why I chose to clean the house while peeking in on the match. Mm-hmm. I did see the finish, which he returned the he returned the uh the chair over the neck shot with the step into the thing. Game over. I saw that part. I realized, okay, I didn't need to see the rest of the match. What about you, Lou? Yeah, it's, it's that that brutal. That looked brutal, honestly. That 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 finish looked really brutal. I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted because I'm trying to wonder why the fuck Becky Lynch is wrestling for the 24 seven title. I don't know what's happening, but uh, hey, I, I like it. And they're wrestling. Like she needs a belt. Like, At like this everything. point, she's you desperate for a belt. You should not like this. You shouldn't like this. She's this not, not like. No, here's the thing. She's not herself without that title. She's desperate for a belt. Oh, she just lost. Okay. Um, Madcap and uh, Baron Corbin, again, didn't hate the match. It was definitely supposed to be a bathroom break match, but I actually sat and watched the whole thing. Um, I didn't watch the promo on SmackDown because I didn't watch SmackDown, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but I got to say, I do like Riddick. After the match, the way he, you know, he was, he won. He looks strong. He's he's body wise, you know, he looks like a million bucks. His moveset is pretty cool. Um, he looked ruthless. He looked like a badass, you know. He he freaking yeah. took out Baron Corbin and um, the uh, way he was celebrating on the ramp. I was like, you know what? I could see this fucking dude. Like, you know, I could see him going on a little bit of a run. He might need to, you know, change the gear up a little bit because it's looking a little Goldbergish, but. I mean, other than that, man, I'm glad the suspenders are gone and that he's actually, you know, trying to go out there and be a dude, like a just a, a, a badass dude. Hopefully they get rid of the Madcap name. Yes. Because they really don't need to be calling the Madcap anymore. But other than that, I mean, we need new stars, bro. So why not him? Yeah. Um, uh, Max, he's just watching and they just advertised John Cena's coming back next week. Wow, that's huge. It's currently oh. on right behind you. <laughs> wow. That's big. That's big. But yeah, what you think of this one? 20 years of Cena. Breaking news. Breaking news. Um, as far as the Ma- okay, as far as the whole Moss uh Corbin program that's going on, uh I missed the match. I was in my commute to go to work. God damn, Maurice. But um for real. You'll see. But um yeah, I, I mean, I saw somebody call him a great value Warlow, but I'm like, Warlow's <laughs> just a great value Goldberg. Everyone's so, a great value to someone in a sense, right? At this point in time, yes. Um, yeah, but I will say, I will say this: uh, Corbin, Corbin's doing his job as in being one of the top heels to get young talent over. 
that's literally what he's doing with mm-hmm. this, uh, with this guy. So I just kind of looked at it as that, and just the, and then just kind of, all right, this is what it is. Um, I haven't really been invested into this feud, so I just was like, yeah, like I said, this yeah. is what it is, and um, it's there, you know. Yeah. And then uh, speaking of Cena, he threw a little uh, shot at Theory. I don't know if you saw. He took a little shot at him saying Austin Theory probably needs his ass kicked. And then today on his Instagram, as we all know, he posts weird shit. Posted yes. Kev, It was actually Kevin Owens' foot when he stomped the title. I'd love to see that match. But next we had Austin Theory defending his U.S. title, which is John Cena's first ever title, against Mustafa Ali. Thought it was a good match. As we all know, WWE, you do not win in your hometown. I'm going to do research tonight or tomorrow and look at – a meaningful match, mind you. Meaningful. Not like random guy wins in his hometown. The last meaningful match like this that the hometown person won in their uh, hometown or area. WrestleMania anyway, yeah. 33, Naomi. Nope, probably uh, then. Yep, five years ago. That's a big one. Stone, yeah. Cold, Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania, wasn't it, in Texas? Oh, yeah, 17 yeah. Texas. It yeah. happens. And the main reason for that is just to – is It's heat. Heat. Yeah. Heat. So it furthers you, it gets you more invested to the babyface or whoever the hometown hero is. But I'll admit, I thought it was a decent one. And can you guys get behind Theory? Not like, oh my God, I'm Theory's biggest fan. But it seems like he's that Cena-like guy that Vince is behind, you know, and Drew, as he said at Mania, future Universal Champion. Do you Are you guys trying to not invest in Theory? But do you get what I'm saying? Like kind of follow I mean, him. He's going to Honestly, I'm I'm happy for that dude because um he came up from NXT and he was really the sidekick, the sidekick for Johnny Wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Like he was basically like his quote unquote muscle kind of like mm-hmm. protege, protege guy. And it's nice that he he got called up and he actually, you know, it was a little rough there in the beginning. I'm still a proponent of that whole Brock Lesnar throwing him off the fucking elimination chamber thing, but um I'm actually happy for that dude. He's getting a big ass push. He's taking advantage. He's getting his moves over. He's got a fucking cool theme song. He's got a cool finisher. He looks great. Hey, down, he's got down. his belt. He's fucking, you know, he's he's about to be feuding with Cena. And I'm a hundred percent good with that. I'm good for Cena coming back and getting involved with the US title because that's only gonna prop up the US title. It's gonna prop up theory. I'm all for that shit. So um the match itself, I thought, was very good. You know, Ali's great. Yeah. Unfortunately for Ali, when I heard "hometown boy," I was like, "Well, <laughs> I already knew he was winning, but you just yeah. cemented the shit that he's definitely winning this shit now." So, um, I enjoyed the match. I, I thought it was a really good match. The outcome was fucking, you know, it was a uh, foregone conclusion, but I still was able to enjoy the match. Yeah. What about I you, Dan? What I thought. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the no, one perfect, thing I thought was really, really cool was how he took the selfie and immediately that shit got beamed up to the Titan Tron. I thought that was yeah, cool. that's cool how that. they do that. Just like when Cody used to look into it. But yeah, what you think, Dan? That was like they, he used the airdrop right there to get it over real quick. <laughs> <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the iPhone gang. But um, to me, that was the best wrestled match of the night. Um, I know when we gave our predictions last week, I thought I thought that that would possibly be up for a match of the night just because just for wrestling sake. And to me, it was the best wrestling wrestled match of the night. 
like for move set for moves and stuff like that. And which after after you go call because you you win already, Nick or no? Yeah. Okay, so after you go call, I just want to make a comment about like this style of match. Um, after you're done, call. Uh, very solid. I actually made sure I watched it before when um when I um when I got home from work. And um, yeah, it was a very solid match. It was what I expected it to be. You know, these two not so tall guys, but yeah, very you know talented in the ring to just give an actual wrestling match, and that's what they did. <laughs> I think yeah. Austin Theory. I think Theory's very over with his character with the whole selfie thing. He's very over as the cocky, you know, the cocky little shit heel. He's making that work. He adapted very well, you know, being called up from NXT. Which is something that a lot of people can't do. God damn, Maurice. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, what? Um, it's gonna happen. <laughs> but but yeah, man. Like, and you said for you said for guys of this size, thinking about that match and uh, watching a TikTok of somebody putting up a a thing that was a, a piece of like a documentary about WCW. It reminded me of how the cruiserweights carried WCW back in the day. 845. Like the, the, the cruiserweight match, almost, and not just even in WCW, but in wrestling in general in the early 2000s, they always put on the best matches from the late 90s to the early 2000s. Yep. The cruiserweights always put on the best matches. And not to compare the two companies, but I, the body types, and you know, I always talked about body types. And, and how people fit first in AEW to WWE. WWE had kind of strayed away from that as we've seen how they dismantled NXT because NXT had all of those body types at one time and it was just banger after banger after banger, especially in their pay-per-views. But then when you got to the bigger guys, it was the slow plotting, okay, this is normal WWF, WWF slash E wrestling. And AEW kind of has more of the mid to cruiserweight guys to where we're getting some of that cruiserweight feel, but not the same. Not the same. And these two guys, like, along with Ricochet and stuff like that, like, I think maybe they need to reinvest in that cruiserweight division in the WWE again. And I'm talking main stage because... It seems like they're not really doing shit with it in the new NXT because they want that new X NXT to be the big man farm system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and cheap cheap plug for NXT. I know Lou and I watched this weekend. We're not going to dive into it like at all, but decent show. Like decent show for a guy who never watches NXT. I was decently, I was entertained. I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, it was weird. It was weird because I watched most of it, and then after the uh, what was the match before the main event? Um, the tag the, team match. Tag, yeah, the Creed brothers. After the tag team match, I was like, all right, I, I'm done. Like, I I, I didn't mm. want to fucking watch anymore. But just one thing, I wanted to touch on Dan's um point there, uh, I, and I, I do. I seem to do this every episode. I bring up something I want to talk about in a later episode. That's never gonna happen. But no, we always got to run it back. It's yeah, okay. there's, 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 so I fell down a rabbit hole. I told you guys in the group chat, I fell down the peacock, the cock rabbit hole pause. Um, and I started watching, um, I was looking for Eddie Guerrero. I hate you. 
Awesome. I was looking for. <laughs> I was looking for that Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit moment where they um they hugged in the ring and shit after Benoit, mm-hmm. you know, won the title or whatever. And um, I kind of I kind of fell down a, a a rabbit hole there, so I went back to um ECW One Night Stand 2005, which is probably like one of my favorite pay per views like ever. And that super crazy, um, super crazy little Guido and um, who the fuck was else in that match? Uh, uh, Tajiri. I watched that oh, match. Yeah. I watched that match and I was like, God damn, bro, this is like this is like AEW matches. This is like that style. And that was back in 2005. Like that style, man, it's it was so popular appreciated. I know that ECW crowd like appreciated it, but like for the most part, the general wrestling audience, man, they really missed out on a lot, especially like when you were talking about WCW, man. WCW used to have some fucking incredible fucking cruiserweight matches man they had hoovy they had la parka they had fucking psychosis so the i mean it was just that roster was so stacked next and week were really like you know i don't know man that was like a that could have been like a golden time for that shit next what? week next week we gotta do we'll do a top five cruiserweights of that era excluding wow, Excluding and uh, excluding Ray Mysterio because Ooh, okay. Ray because okay. Ray, Mis- Ray Mysterio is goaded. Yeah, and, you, know what? yeah. you know what? And and let's uh, Eddie Eddie didn't really he wrestled like a cruiserweight. No, he did have the title. You know, you know what? We're gonna leave. We're gonna leave. I want to make this difficult. So this is this is. For you, Lou, because you we said wanna, we never we want to give props to the Prince Iakeas. Yeah, we, I, this is this is excluding Eddie Ray Benoit Jericho, too. Jericho, yeah. Jericho, Jericho. So we'll we'll yeah. leave them as like a Mount Rushmore of it because I want, I want, yeah, Bill, Billy Kidman, that's phenomenal. Yeah, anybody who is he's on mine. Anybody who is 30 and younger, please go watch Billy Kidman back in the day. He was dope. He was fire. But we'll say well, next week, Lou, just because you said we don't bring this. Now nah, we're bringing it back. Yeah, next I'm done. And speak, <laughs> speaking of fire, that yes. main event. It was it was literally in hell. Beautiful segue. Hell beautiful segue. Yeah. You're learning, Nick. You're getting it. You're getting Excellent it. Excellent segue. Rhodes, Seth Rollins. Now, I'm just going to go over brief points of the match. Maybe it kind of eliminates. I know we're going to be on this for a little bit. So first off, Seth music hits. As we agreed, Dan said it. Seth music, you got to listen to it. It's on my gym playlist. That's a banging song. I played, it, I, I played it driving down Washington Street going to work today. Like yep. I said. Yep. <laughs> my man covering himself. Usually he's not covering himself coming out. Bam, the polka dots. Got got a got a big crowd pop there, you know, and a boo. Goes in there, does his thing, and then we hear Cody's music. Comes out, does his pyro, notice the I think it's his left or his right, whatever. His right arm's not going out as much, whatever arm it is, right, I believe. Then he then he takes off that jacket. Man, as you can see, the cover of the, the podcast. You can just, if you you're a wrestling fan, you've seen that photo by now. My man. And he put on a great match. 
Now, he said after the show, it was 100% his call, which I believe it was. But I think we can all give mad props to Cody. We wish him a speedy recovery. As not to exclude the CM Punks who are injured, Brian Danielson, everyone else who is injured as well. But, um, yes, just I love the match. I love the commitment as an, a guy. I'd like to say an athlete, a guy who played a lot of sports. We've all been there playing through pain before. You know, dude's passionate. As an athlete, you have to appreciate that. Or just someone who loves sports in general because we hear all our favorite athletes all the time pushing through pain. I think I've referenced before, uh, well, Patrick Ewing used to be all iced up everywhere around everything because he would keep on going. And I The knees. The knees. Yep. Yep, I appreciate that. So just a great match. I want to hear what you guys think. We'll start with you first, Carl. Cody did it right. He got over to the moon. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you exactly why. He took off the jacket slowly. You heard everybody's reaction, and they didn't do nothing. They let that moment breathe. And and I was listening to the Busted Open podcast uh, on my way back, and it was like, yo, like for the first like seven minutes of that match, it was just quiet because everybody was still like registering what they saw on Cody's chest. You know what I mean? Seth laughing, just getting more heat. That is more heat as he can, as he can. And you, everybody has to give props to Seth because remember, when you're in the ring, you have to put your entire trust in your opponent. And Seth took great care of him. And and like I said, just overall, like everything that they did, like the story. Once Cody took that took that jacket off, the story was there, mm-hmm. and they took it and ran with it. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Like I was saying earlier, before the show started, um, and at the beginning, I feel like this injury. I feel like they were supposed to have a completely different match before the injury. Like, I felt like they were they were probably going to do something crazy off the top of the fucking cage. They were going to do something nutty. And I think that this injury hit and they had to change things. And I think in the years to come, we're going to be talking about this match in a, in, a, in a way where it's like among one of the greatest matches in WWE history. And I think it was a perf- a complete perfect storm of things that happened that led to that. I'm talking about the way the match was laid out. I'm talking about the commentary on the match, the pacing of the match, the fin- the way multiple finishes were getting kicked out of. Both guys looked tremendous. The match itself was just a beautiful thing to watch. I already watched it twice. I'm probably going to watch it again, maybe tonight or probably early tomorrow. Um, Corey Graves, I know he gets a lot of shit for things that he said, and and not, he's not on a lot of people's favorites list, but he did a very excellent job of conveying, like, basically the horror of 
this guy going out there and risking basically life and limb with that injury and having this this type of match and gutting it out. Um, I think what's what's the dude's name who was uh, the other announcer? I don't even know his name. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Okay, Jimmy Smith did a great job. Um, I would have thought Michael Cole would have been in that position for the main event. I was very surprised to see Jimmy Smith basically heading the announcing. But I got to tell you, man, this match, um, if if WWE cared about (laughs) making things better, last night would have been a perfect springboard for them to start doing it because Cody earned so much. So, and Cody already had mad respect for me because he already from from the fire match and all that shit. Mm-hmm. That he fucking lit himself on fire and uh, the matches that he had in, in in the other company. He's already had my respect. Like he turned it around for me. And for him to show up in WWE and to now be basically like he's basically the number two guy in the company. He's yeah. number two. He's right under Roman and. If Roman is not careful, if it wasn't for this injury, Roman wouldn't need to be careful because Cody would basically become the face of the company. He's on every poster. He's on every commercial. He's in every fucking ad that I see on Twitter. His face is everywhere. Mm. And you got to give Cody props for being such a transitional and professional athlete to be able to go from the face of one company to come into another company and where he used to be basically, let's, let's keep it a buck. He was basically a mid-card jobber at the end of his career in WWE. Oh, yeah. yeah. For him to be, like, off the face of the company, like, doing commercials and, and just having his face plastered everywhere, it's it's, inc- it's an incredible thing to see. And I just, I'm in awe of, like, how he managed to pull it off, dude. Like, I'm so proud of that dude. I'm happy for that dude. And uh, I'm actually getting a little bit of, like, excitement, again, for WWE to see, like, where they're going. I'm just hoping that they don't disappoint me. Yeah. But um, the match, I can't, I, 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 I don't know what else to say about that match. That shit was. There's more than was one royal. Fantastic. There's more than, there's more than one royal family. Sure. That's one thing I would really love for them to put back in his entrance because uh, originally when he in, in his original entrance, when he does that, his face comes out and he points at the the little drink. It's a little it's a tiny little thing that they took out of his entrance. But I would really like to see that back in his entrance. But I'm 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 done. I, I and he's got dope pyro. I like his pyro. Yeah, right. Properly. Well, well, well placed pyro. And uh yeah, everything y'all said about the matches is, is accurate. Phenomenal match, great story told. Um, if Cody didn't have you already, just the showing of the chest was game over. Yep, it was was it was game fucking over. And to me, I kind of equated that moment. And him going through the match, similar to when his father was going, reaching his hand out and touching the thousands and millions of people watching him on TV after the Hard Times promo, when he was reaching out to the people saying, come on with me, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like give me your strength, give me your power to go on and take on Ric Flair back in the day in, um, in, a, in a, uh, the NWA days. 
he tapped into he tapped into his father so much that night and the the um, the level of emotion that his dad was able to draw just by completing that match with said injury now i have to talk to you fucking as nick called you guys marks i'm calling you people assholes because <laughs> it was clear it was clear as day that you people on the internet most of y'all have never played a sport if you have, you've never seen anybody get injured because most of you motherfuckers played in the era of everybody gets a trophy. Ooh, you touched my kid too hard. And I'm just keeping it a thousand with that. I was on yeah. live on TikTok today and I showed everybody who was watching. I showed everybody and I'll show y'all again. The scar on my leg, I've been injured before. Took a helmet to the knee. Plate and four screws in my legs for good. Assholes out there are really talking about, oh, CM Punk should suck it up and get out there. Yeah, you've never dealt with a lower a lower extremity injury. Shut the fuck up. Because because walking. Walking is the number one thing you want to be able to do. Yes, we've seen Punk limp out there. But do you know what it took for him to limp out there? Just like how we've seen Cody come out there with the... Which Jimmy Smith did a great job in explaining to us. The early reports was partially torn pectoral tendon. Then they corrected it, which they corrected it on TV, but... We already knew because the reports was already out there via Twitter that it was a fully torn pectoral tendon. Carl, you heard it today. They had a doctor on Busted Open who explained a lot of stuff that, as an athlete, I knew. Right. A, com a complete tear, it's not a good thing because it hurts, but it's a good thing for the doctors because it becomes something that is easier to repair than having to try to fix something that is hanging on by a string. Yep. And so Cody went out there. How much more pain could he go through? And he went with, and I gave Cody a thousand times the credit. I came on here tonight and I saved this point to say, Seth freaking Rollins is the best wrestler in the WWE, hands freaking down. I can't believe I'm saying this because last year was the year I turned around on Seth Rollins. And y'all know how I felt about Nick Rollins. Once I, once I turned around on Seth, yo, all I have seen was masterpiece after masterpiece after masterpiece out of this dude. And last night, as Carl mentioned, you got to have the right dance party to, to take care of you. He took care of Cody like I couldn't even freaking believe. And and I mention on here all the time, I watch professional wrestling still as a fan, but more at to, to understand and diagnose what's going on in the ring. Like, I look at it from the technical aspect. I look at it right. from a production aspect of, okay, how does this work here? How does this work there? Did this? Okay, these spots here, how are these punches landing, all of the little things. Like, I look for the little things. Seth Rollins took it. There was nobody else you could have go against Cody in that state. Yeah. And then and the callback, the callback to 
more to his father. He pulled out the bull rope, which in my head, funny enough, I was saying before this, like, I literally said before that happened, yo, WWE, I don't see them ever pulling off a bull rope match. And his family is notorious for bull rope matches. And then Cody goes down underneath, pulls out a bag, and I see, and I'm like, the fucking algorithms are reading my brain. <laughs> he pulled out the fucking bull rope. Yeah. And the spot with the bull rope was excellent. Come on, put it on, put it on. Seth put it on. They did their thing with the bull rope. So like Lou said, you could tell that they changed the matchup to yeah. make it work for the injury. Yeah. And the last point I'll mention, because Nick, you said you co-signed me on this. I was looking at the cage for the holes to see where their holes were, where they climb up. There was only one hole in the cage. I saw it, it too, was, right in the beginning. It was, <laughs> it was right by the entrance of the cage. Yep. And yep. it was like, okay, that looks more like a camera hole because I don't see the other climb points. So they're yeah. not going up. Yeah. And I, it's just, like, Lou, like you said, it, this was a masterpiece in a way. This was a masterpiece in storytelling. And when Cody Rhodes comes back to the fucking moon, it's Ooh, it's a wrap. Yeah. It's a wrap. It and is like you said, the title. It's, it's Royal Rumble winner straight to the title. It has to be. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and to be eliminating honest, Seth. Yeah. And they don't even yep. they don't even have to they don't even have to waste time on giving Cody the Royal Rumble shit. They could give the Royal Rumble to shit to somebody, anybody. Get rid of that on an ancillary pay per view, and. Build to the royal family matchup. Nah, I think That's I it. think Cody. I think Cody. Honestly, I think he wants to win the Royal Rumble. Like I think that he, has to, he wants to go out there and win that shit. Because I think I think by then they're they're gonna have two titles. I don't see this one shit going to Mania. So I think you're gonna have Rock and Roman with one, and I could see it being maybe Drew and Cody. But now let me ask you. Speaking of Cody's return, because I think everyone WWE fan. The fan in them is co-signing, for the most part, Cody to win Rumble, go to Mania. For the most part, that's the agreement going across, right? Now, would you want them to go in regards to what they did with, like, Edge in 2021, like, two weeks before he kind of pops in and does a promo? Or just, nope, just surprise? Even though no, it might be a shock surprise. Return. No, I want no. be. No. It won't be because of the internet. I don't want none of that. I don't want none of that. I want him to come back and have to fight back for his position still. Yeah, that's so, what I want to see. I want so to see I come a, back and fight back. So I have a question in regards to this these this match. Is this like the greatest trilogy of matches? No. And, and I mean, where does it rank though? Because all three of these matches were better than the last one. Each match. You could was say top. You could say you could maybe argue top ten, but there's top a ten, top five. I would top definitely say like top one of like the past ten, even fifteen years. I'll give you that, but I would have to do more research as far as yeah, trilogies yeah. are concerned. It would require but, the the reason for me. I would like I I want to put it up there, but at the same time, because of the way Cody just won all three, it kind of takes away from like the drama of it because and, it's like it's usually one and yeah. one, and then the third match is like yep. whoever wins and, wins the feud. And that's why, and that's why I can't and won't rank it high right now because, as I called last week, Seth Rollins was getting that thirty piece, and he mm -hmm. got three. He got yeah. three old, and that was it. Because two things I just want to say quick, then we can switch it up. Is one, um, 
both on Seth because he has three piece with Edge was phenomenal. The mm-hmm. SummerSlam match was great. Then he effed up Edge at Madison Square Garden on a SmackDown. Then they ran it back in another great Hell in a Cell match. But I'm happy for Seth because everyone kept talking about Seth so injury prone. He hurts people. He hurts people. He hurts people. And granted, he did go on a little roll there with the whole Sting injury and then Finn Balor closely right after and stuff. But if last night didn't prove that that dude's a safe one, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, so I think that concludes us for the pay-per-view. But ladies and gentlemen, we aren't done yet. Moving on to our last little thing here. You know, big thing is, believe I want to quote Cody correctly, but I believe his tweet said for love of the game. For love of the game. For love of the game, right? Now, Nick, funny enough, when I named the show, I didn't even know that that was in a cheat in a tweet. All oh, I had, yeah. all, all honestly, all I had to do was look at the image, and I was thinking of another piece to add on to the show. And mm-hmm. seeing Cody do that, knowing being an athlete, he went out there for the love of the sport, yeah, the love of the game. And so, what I wanted to bring out tonight was our love for games. And I would love for the video game. And we're talking about wrestling games. Okay. Top, and we were giving our top five wrestling games our personal. We're not building a Mount Rushmore. We're not building a all-around universal. You need to listen to this list top five. Our personal top fives. And if y'all don't yep. mind, because I got to have to mute the, the show in a minute. Let me go first. And I'm going to actually run down my five. Let's hear it. I got to go from the beginning. Probably the one wrestling game that started it all. Pro wrestling. (laughs) Nintendo Classic. The game at its time, revolutionary. I did get to play it. Everybody out there thought that game was the shit at that time. Yeah, King Kong Corn or King Kong Con. You had the Amazon. Starman. Starman. Starman is one of the most legendary video characters that has never really looked like or been a wrestler. I think he was based off of some character back in the day, but everybody remembers the pink suit with the the blue star in the face. Yes. Everybody remembers that. Then I go to a game that people shit on, but I loved it because... It was ECW's first video game. Anarchy. The Hardcore Revolution. Oh, not Anarchy. It's Hardcore Revolution. And you, 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 you gave me the EC, the, the, probably the hardest ECW fan that was around in my part of Staten Island at the time, which was Port Richmond. You gave me the chance to play a video game with Rhino. Rhino ended up becoming my guy in the game. Because his spear was the easiest move to pull off. Uh, you gave me Rob Van Dam. You gave me Dreamer, Sandman, Raven. Like the list of characters go on and on. The gameplay, rough as hell. Go watch it on YouTube. You can see how stiff it was. But that was the claim's fault because the claim used to make the WWF games back in the day, which it's not on my list. I wanted to put it, but I believe it was. Fuck, I forgot it. I think it was WWF WrestleMania or one of the WrestleManias where you was able mm-hmm. to play with Yokozuna, Undertaker, Bret Hart. We used to spend hours in my boy Jason's house playing that game. But that didn't make my list because 
WWF WrestleFest made my list. The arcade game mm-hmm. where, ev- where everybody yeah. had those big bulky bodies that looked like they all looked like double dragon characters or a Bobos. Mm-hmm. Like they all had that build <laughs> in a wrestling game. And to go to the arcade and be like, yo, I could play as Big Boss Man. I could play as Ultimate Warrior. Hogan. Like that was fire at that time if you were a kid of the arcades. And then yeah, last, that, was, that was what? One, two. I did get I, to play these games. I'm a wrestling nerd. Don't forget that. <laughs> I said, I Not said much. three. Not much, but I did get to play it. I said, I said three. So my last four and five were to me the best wrestling games, which was DCW World Tour. And then when the end of the WCW versus NWO World Tour and Revenge came out, mm-hmm. THQ at the time changed the game of wrestling. <laughs> they did take it to the next level with no mercy, but me at the time, because it was during the time of the Monday Night Wars, roughly, right before the Monday Night Wars, leading into the Monday Night Wars, because it was something different than WWF at the time, I was such a hardcore fan of WCW, just because it was something different from WWF. And once they came out with the game that now superseded everything that came behind it, plus with the the multiple options of wrestlers that they had, you had a bunch of characters from Japan, from different regions of Japan and different promotions of Japan. Some names were changed, obviously, for copyright reasons and stuff like that. But like I was able you was able to play with um I forgot what his name was when he wasn't Hakushi, but you was able to play with him. And I and he had the tattoos all over the body. You was able to play with my all-time favorite wrestler, Hayabusa. But he was under a different name. You was able to play as Masahiro Chono. They had a they had a Atsushi Onita character in the game. They had so many. They 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 went to Mexico and had mad Mexican wrestlers. Like they would have wanted the first the first wrestling game to expand and have a roster right out the gate pre DLC days that you was able to wrestle with just about anybody and everybody in a game. And that's why, like, if there was a number one, it was those series of games for me because of all of that. And I wasn't anti-WWF at the time. It was just I was upset that the deal with THQ was over and WWF got it. And then they made a better game. And a lot of time, in my opinion and only my opinion, people took to their game, that game more because they were on the WWF wrestlers more because it was Steve Austin, Undertaker, all of them. And I did I relinquished the floor. That was my five. So I'm gonna I wanna switch it up and I personally just want to go next because mine's probably gonna be very different to an extreme. I feel Lou and Carl, if I said the guess outside looking in, I feel yours might be a little similar. So mine, like I said, mine's not in no top five, what I think's the best. There's one game I threw in here strictly, and I'm going to just start with it. Based off, I wanted something newer in there. Newer, but it's not new, new, new. Don't get me wrong. SmackDown vs. Raw 2007. Mm. Yep. I, I hear a lot about was... this. I hear a lot about this game, but I've never played any of those PlayStation wrestling games. Never. So, so it was dope. 
Yeah, the ECW roster. Well, their ECW roster time. Just great game. And the reason why, like I said, I kind of put a little more into it. This was the one me and my boys would always play online when Xbox 360 was first popping. Just all the modes they had, the graphics I thought were really good ahead of its time where it was. I just honestly, I just had a blast playing it. And I had it on my Xbox and then PSP as well. So it was pretty cool. Like, I just was always playing that game whether I was home or in the car. The other one I had, Dan actually spoke of it, WrestleMania 2000. WrestleMania 2000 was dope. Uh, what I remember being, I was a little, little kid when that one came out. But I just loved that one. I thought it was cool. And as he said, kind of what he alluded to, you know, I did like WCW. I watched both every week, but I was more WWF because of the Rocks, the Austins, the Undertakers, right? So that game was dope. WrestleMania 2000 was actually the first pay-per-view I watched with my family as a whole. They used to just like watch it and be like, all right, we'll leave him downstairs for like three hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that. Uh, another one, this one I don't think many people are going to like, but I had to throw it on there because I used to play this for hours too, is Here Comes the Pain. SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain when Brock Lesnar was, was on the cover of that. Yeah, that one was dope. I just liked the storyline behind it. Brock was so hot at the time. Like, that was the game. Like, me and my boys would argue about who's going to be Brock or the rule was no one can be Brock Lesnar and blah, blah, blah. Because as we all know, in 2002 and three, when he was there, he was like the hottest thing around. Um, No Mercy. Got to give love to No Mercy. I think everyone, you know, for the most part has that on there. Yeah, that one was just I'll, I, I'm assuming it's on one of your guys' list. So I'll let you dig into that one more for time purposes here. We're all going to speak on it. And then SmackDown, just bring it. Just because I love back in the day, I don't know if you remember, those commercials were hysterical. What's cooking, Rock? Pancakes, Rock? Pancakes. Ah, then he gets hit with the garbage can. Uh, that one was dope. I was a little kid once again. I just loved the little things like when you were going to do the finisher, SmackDown would come across the screen. Okay. And I remember the storyline being cool because you would walk backstage in the arena and you would have to walk up to people and start conversations with them. And it's like, ah, oh, this time, even though it was the same storyline, ah, oh, I'm going to feud with Big Show now. Or, ah, oh, I'm feuding randomly with Bradshaw and the APA. You know what I mean? When he was, like, not big then. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to hit on mine quick. I thought, yeah, no, that probably a little more youth in mine maybe than the others. But that's why I kind of wanted to go from one extreme to another. But I have to throw it out there. I did <laughs> not, much, not much playing time. <laughs> Not much playing time, but I did get to play all of those games. Because, Carl, do you randomly remember, before I turn it, I'll turn it over to you at this. Do you remember that uh, wrestling store that used to be in Cranston? Yep. Wrestling yes. store. So, yeah, I forgot what it was called, but I remember it being in all the WWF magazines back in the day. And if I did good in school, like my report card, like my dad would take me there and buy me like an action figure. And I was in heaven because it's like, oh, my God, everything is everywhere. Yeah, no, cool. that was where the main, like, the main store where everybody grabbed the belts from. Yeah, because I was in the WWF magazines, and it was, what, 20 minutes from where we live? You know what I mean? And, Lou, it was insane. Like, picture an apartment. It obviously wasn't an apartment, but of nothing but action figures. Like, it was in a, yeah, it was in a warehouse. It was in a warehouse, but they yeah. had, like, a display room. It was, it was insane. Especially me. I'm only, like, seven at the time, eight. So, naturally, I think everything's bigger. He had the arcade games there and stuff. My dad actually knew the dude from high school. Um, yeah, so great, great times. I just had to throw that out while it was fresh in my mind. But what's yours, Carl? What you got? Okay. Uh, I'm going to start off 
this is gonna be thrown around because a lot of games came up to my came in uh came through my head. I'm gonna start off with WWF Royal Rumble for the Sega Genesis. Mm. I never one played of the first that one. games that actually had the Royal Rumble match. And to throw people out, you had to get into the grapple and like rap and like freaking button mash the hell out of you. Out of you know, out of the controller just to throw somebody out. So that was one. Uh, WrestleMania. I'm actually going to put my hand up just to keep track. Number two. Excuse me. I'm going to go with WWF, the WrestleMania, the arcade game. Okay. Yeah, yes, it was I a cartoon. It was a cartoon, <laughs> but damn it, it was fun. All right. Number three. You gotta throw in WrestleFest because WrestleFest was the arcade game. I'm gonna go along, you know, go with Dan on that one. Number four, Warzone. Ah, I was so that was my number six. I had that game. Warzone gave us was one of the first games, probably the first wrestling game that started the creative wrestler mode. Mm Mm-hmm. Honorable mention, Def Jam Vendetta. Dang, huh? I was going to fucking bring that game up. Love that game. What was supposed to be WCW Mayhem, I'm glad that didn't work out, and they gave us Def Jam Vendetta. Fight for New York was a step further, but you know what? Vendetta walked, so Fight for New York can run, and then they tripped and fell and made Icon. Ugh. Exactly. I I was so mad at that game. Another honorable mention is what you mentioned before, SmackDown versus Raw 2007. You know, everything from the backstage segments, the creative, uh, the GM mode, the creative wrestling mode and all, and also the bomb-ass soundtrack that they have. Yes. Yeah, Lou, if you got a 360 still, you could probably buy that game for like five bucks. That's a good one you can buy. I have it in a box over. I have it in a box over here. I'll take a picture when I'm done with this and put it in the group chat for you. Hey, is that in my hands? Before Lou goes, is that is that the one that Xavier Woods and Tyler Breeze were playing like on Up Up Down Down doing my GM mode? Was it? I think they did. Here comes the pain. Yeah. Oh, there. Here comes pain. Okay. Okay. I knew. I knew they did one of them. But yeah. Yes. Notice and no then, one mentioned the WWF Raw games. Yeah. And then, obviously, No Mercy. I have tons of memories playing with that with my boys where we created our own federation and we would just simulate the matches. And then not to mention, that was one of the games, too, where it's like you was able to concentrate on a body part. Mm-hmm. If your arm was hurting, the character would sell the arm. Your legs was hurting. Your character would sell the legs. And you was able to work on that part. You actually had to become an actual wrestling technician. You saw a body part was damaged. You do all the, every move that you can think of to take down that part to, to um, win your match. So, yeah, those are my five plus two honorable mentions. All right, what about you, Lil? Save the best for last. Well, for me, I'm basically most of mine have already been needed out, but it's all good because I mean, it's, it's just the phenomenon. The games are all just incredible. Um, but again, this is not like what I think are the five greatest games. These are just my personal favorites because they they come attached with memories from my youth. Oh, so for the most part, that's what it is. So my I, what I have it, I have them actually numbered from 
five to one. So for me, number five, WWF WrestleMania, the arcade game. Now, okay. there's two different games. There's one that looks like a cartoon, and then there's one that came out in 94 where it looks like, you know how Mortal Kombat had that photorealistic look to it? Yeah. This game was like that. This game had the actual wrestlers like in, uh, I don't know what you call that, not stop motion, but the mocap. Yeah, Mo the, version, all the wrestlers the version are like that Mortal Kombat style. Super Nintendo. Yeah, it was on Genesis. It was on Super Nintendo, and they had like shit where there was no blood. So like Undertaker would like shoot like little smoke, like soul. Yeah, and shit. yeah. It was just, that was the same game. That was the same yeah, game. Yeah, that fucking game. Oh man, that game. When I saw that shit in the arcade for the first time, I just I couldn't fucking believe what I was seeing because at that time it was like. They were making a lot of games like that. Like there was a game called Pit Fighter that was out back in the day too. Pit Fighter and that shit, like it was so horrible. But at the same time, I loved the shit out of that game because I had never seen like that, like photorealistic thing to it. So uh, that's that's for me number five. Number four, I have pro wrestling for the NES. Starman, you know, a winner is you. I, I just it wasn't the greatest game in the world, but. I just uh, having that game on Nintendo for me was just having a wrestling game on Nintendo. That was like, it was just a, a mind blowing experience for me. Um, for number three, I have WWF WrestleMania, the NES game. Now this game was very bare bones, but I love the shit out of this game so much for the most part, because they played the Hulk Hogan scene in midi through the whole fucking game so it didn't matter who the hell was wrestling it was always hulk hogan's fucking theme playing in the background and there was like little like if you played with hunky tonk man like a little guitar would as a power up would like pop into the ring for you to like grab and pick up as a power up and then i think my favorite thing about that game was million dollar man had an eye poke god he had an eye poke instead of he a literally yeah. had an eye poke and i thought that was the funniest shit in the world um for number two i just go ahead and put no mercy up there yeah for number two i'm just gonna go ahead and put no mercy up there for me no mercy was the pinnacle of all those uh thu games as far as being able to have dude that creator wrestler for me is like the greatest creator wrestler ever ever you could make your own songs you change the name of the dude make your own dude give him his own move set Every single move, you could change the way he's the style of punch. You could give them their own taunts. Like, I just, I spent so much time making, like, I made myself in that game. I would make I would make other wrestlers that I knew of that weren't in the game. Like, I just spent so much time in that creative player creating things that, and then going out and then actually playing the matches. Like, I think my favorite finisher was, like, the Death Valley Driver. I think I gave all my... All the all like the copies of me in the game, all all the finishers were fucking Death Valley drivers because that just that that was the greatest move ever for me. And for number one, I'm surprised you guys haven't mentioned this game. I mean, I know it's probably not as popular, but WWE All Stars for Xbox 360 yeah. and PlayStation. Oh 3. wow, okay. That game, I've never had more fun playing a wrestling game than that game. I think for me. The way though, if you've never played that game, it's basically like a uh, it's an arcade wrestling game. So it's it's not it's not simulation. The moves are very over the top. You'll CM Punk picks people up and does the GTS, and it's like 
12 feet in the air. Everybody's super exaggerated muscular wise. Like everybody's like super diesel and like bulked up. The graphics were phenomenal. Um, and the gameplay of that game was just, it was the closest to like, um, it was the closest to like the THQ games that I had played in a modern wrestling game at the time. So I just love that shit out of that game. I played that game for hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, I was actually mad when I got rid of my Xbox 360 because I didn't get a copy of it for PlayStation. And now that game, like, you can't get it. Like, you can't download it. You can't. All these WWE games, you can't get them because of the licensing. So, like, I thought I was going to be able to get it on my Xbox Series S through backwards compatibility, and, like, it's not available. So the only way to get it is through ROMs, which I'm going to do, or you find it on eBay and buy it and buy yourself an Xbox 360 and play it. But um, honorable mention has to be Fight for New York. I mean, I know it's technically not a wrestling game, but those are dope. Those were so... Yo, if there was a game that I played longer and harder, pause that I I don't know what it could be because I played that game. I feel like I'm the only person who never really played that. I never really got. Oh, it. that game was so much fun. Fight oh, for New I York, all, yo, Def Jam Fight for New York is like the greatest fucking game ever. Like that game fucking rules. Yeah, those games, those games brought so much joy. And I think wrestling games as a whole, you know, brought us joy. Think There's a lot of games. Joy. There's a lot of games that, like, we missed because I know for sure a lot of us couldn't get our hands on them because we didn't have Japanese uh, compatible systems. And oh, yeah. everybody, everybody has traditionally said Fire Pro Wrestling was one of the best wrestling games ever. You know, never, I had that. I bought that game on, on my PS4, and like I couldn't fucking get into that shit, bro. I couldn't. I I, I like the fact that they had a lot of wrestlers I knew, but I right. couldn't figure out how to play that shit, bro. Yeah, like, it was Mike pretty hard. Vic has it. Vic has it. it. It was pretty hard for me to do it. Like it's one yeah. of those games where you do just for like simulation, right? And you had one, to, one you game. Gotta, you had to learn how to like fight too with that diagonal camera angle ring where you're moving sideways like almost strafing around the ring trying to get yeah. on to the next person and yeah one game i loved actually and it's recent i actually was a big fan of 2k14 and the big reason why is because i liked the showcase mode where you fought at 30 wrestlemanias you know, multiple, and you got to unlock the venues for all that. I don't know. I was a big fan of that. You got to relive and play a bunch of, like, classic matches. You know what I mean? I was honestly a big fan of that, too, at the time when that one first came out. That one kept me uh, pretty entertained there for a while. How do you guys but, think this AEW game is going to be before we wrap it up? I, I, I hope it's phenomenal. I really do. And I, I even though they, they're claiming reports that, Kenny Omega is having his verbal issues with Ukes and all of that. I, I I still trust in a gamer to develop a game in a way because he kind of, with, with a gamer, you would hope they go into the development of a video game with the knowledge of what do the fans truly want in the game? Right. And, and so far, the way the first additions of people look like they put my girl Nyla Rose out so far looks great it looks great but those are just kind of 
the the sprites and pixels. Well, not pixels, but those are kind of just the graphics that are displayed right now, which look yes. like commercial grade stuff that we know is going to get tuned up a little bit differently as they're continuing to fix and correct. It's going to look a little bit differently. Yeah. The reason I'm going in with zero expectations because 2K19 or 2K20 looked phenomenal on TV and everything. And then that game blew. It was um, one of the worst ever I heard. I, so I, I, have two, I have 2K22. I don't know if anyone else does, but I actually enjoy I'm it hearing lots of good things about that. Yes. That was and fun. I'm me, and my cousin, me and my cousin play online and randomly. He's JBL and I'm AJ Styles, the weirdest tag team ever. But we're actually like really, really good. Like, and I'm glad <laughs> we're on like an eleven up, game winning streak. Huh? I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up because part of the inspiration in delivering this topic tonight is I got to give once again I got to give shout outs to this dude. I think he goes by Notorious Demetrius or Lord Demetrius on TikTok. I I got said. I don't know this dude from nowhere other than him coming to follow me. And I followed him back. And I think I seen his videos on uh, on the FYP. This dude creates phenomenal characters in the game. Like, it seems like all he does is do the creator wrestler. And, like, he's got a lot of, like, 70s and 80s soul singers, R&B singers, like, characters. (laughs) Like, he did Romy Rome. But... Like I said, I don't know this dude from nowhere. And he was like, yo, I was thinking about making a character of you. And then like a week later or two weeks later, he's like, yo, what do you go by? What's, what's your height and weight? I tell him six foot, three thirty. He's like, oh, I was close. I was thinking like you were like six, three, two and change. I was like, nah, I ain't that tall or, or slim. But he's like, all right, I got you. And then the next day, if y'all go to the Starfire podcast, TikTok. The dude made a fucking character of me in the game and threw the starting five logo on the hoodie on the front and the back. Wow. Fire. That shit, yeah. I said, I said, dude, you just made me have to go out and buy this fucking game. You really did. Like, you made me have to now go out and buy this game. I couldn't thank the dude enough because it really came out on the humble on some random shit that this dude made me a character in 2K22. Yeah, I tell you, my cousin's all open on wrestling now, and he, he went and bought it, and uh, he, sent me, he sent me a video, which, like, if you want to get, yeah, get me to my emotions, you send me Eddie Guerrero shit. So he sent the fucking, I guess there's, like, some kind of, like, story vignettes in the game where, like, yeah, talking about yeah the, the show, it's dope. Eddie. Those are dope. So he sent me that shit, and I was like, you motherfucker. And then it transitions into, like, gameplay and then video footage. And I was yep. like, you motherfucker, you trying to make me fucking buy this game? Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, no, I'm telling you, if you're that big of an Eddie fan and you buy that game, you're just going to appreciate it all. Because that store, the showcase is so dope. And the first match you do is the Halloween Havoc match. Wow. Oh, fine. Yeah, I... I got to shout out my man, Max, uh, Maximilian Cristobal from uh, XVPW. Like, he put me in his, uh, he put me in his um, federation, his, uh, yeah, his little federation. Yeah. And the second match I had was against Brian Pillman Jr. 
That's dope. Wow. Brian Pillman Jr. cut a promo on me and everything. <laughs> Did you win? Uh, no. <laughs> no, but I'll show you, I'll show you the I'll I'll send you the video that he did. But I was like, mid wait, hey what? hey mid card Carl. <laughs> <laughs> it was only my second match. Yet, so I'm on my way to be back. Mid card Carl, but yeah, gentlemen, we could be sitting here talking for hours. And I thank everyone, you guys, as always, for joining me today. But before we go, let's hear where everyone can find you. Where are you at, Carl? Uh, then everywhere with the Codex Prime podcast, Mr. Bird 1027 on all social media platforms. Also, Codex Prime po- um, Codex Prime po- podcast on all your podcasting platforms and social medias as well. What about you, the mayor? As mentioned just a little while ago, please come find me on TikTok at the Starting Five Podcast. Instagram at the starting five underscore podcast. I am no longer on Facebook for right now, but if you still want to go join the star five podcast, Facebook group, you can do that, but I won't be there because I'm on a fuck Facebook wave right now. Um, <laughs> fuck Twitter too. But uh, if you want to follow that at the starting five TMT, and at SF underscore ace five. I'm just warning you now. I don't tweet. My last tweets were complaining about shitty customer service. And I realized Twitter is a good place to complain about customer service. So I got my black Karen on and complained <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's where you can find me. You could definitely find me the most at TikTok. And make sure you're following our podcast, The Starting Five, on all streaming platforms. Um, what about you, Lou? You already know the everythingpodcastshow.com. I just re upped that site for another year. So, guess what? I got to promote that bitch for another year because they caught me. So, everythingpodcastshow.com, from there, you get everything, bro. Instagram page, podcast page, whatever it is you need, whatever it is you like. It's all right there. Cool. And for me, you can find me. I follow the name. I'm going to spell it out for you. N-I-C-K-A-N-N-I-C-E-L-L-I. Cheap plug. I think it's just as good as them. But yeah, so follow my name on Instagram and Twitter. But also, most importantly, follow the Wrestling Is Trash Instagram page. Follow the Facebook group page. On Twitter, you got to follow us at Wrestling B Trash. Because Rob stinks. And I know you listen now. So that's a shot at you. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, love you, Rob. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Thank you. Hey, I, I keep taking my shots at everyone. Nah. Thank you guys for all tuning in. And hey, you already heard next week we deepen down, uh, digging deep into these cruiserweights hey, without Ray Mysterio. Hey, no pause. No pause. I'm kidding. Yeah, so we'll be digging down, in. Man. But anyway, yep. Thank you guys for tuning in. We all hope here you have a great day. <laughs>